God, we honor you and we love you and we appreciate what we feel here today. So thankful. We're so grateful for the love of God. What a great anointing and presence of the Lord as they sing that song. How beautiful. How beautiful. Praise the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. Are you glad to be in God's house this morning? Praise God. What a wonderful crowd today. The good feeling, the presence of the Lord that's here. And uh, we greet you in the name of the Lord. We're thankful to be back. And my, didn't we have a wonderful time last night enjoying the presence of the Lord. And uh, I know all of you the entire week. It's a privilege to be in the presence of the Lord, and so many wonderful things I know have happened this week, and we continue to strive to follow the Lord and His leading this morning, and just uh, going into what God has. Thankful my wife is with me, and uh, very, very grateful for for her, and uh, I don't say it enough, but I'm thankful for her walk with God and and her ministry even she she's a woman of prayer and of faith and and um, and does a wonderful job in worship and singing everywhere I go and and also is a commendable speaker as well and many times she speaks and I just uh, appreciate her love for God and uh, she's more than a help or a support but she's a, a major part of our ministry, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, if you get time sometime today, congratulate her. She had a birthday, and uh, praise God. And, uh, 29 again, she says. 29 again, so... But it was a monumental one, so I mentioned it, and uh, so we're thankful. And I follow her just in a few months into a new decade as well, so praise God. Amen. So all of you look so great in God's house, and uh, this new arrangement of seating is taking me a moment, but you know what, I... I just feel the same good presence of the Lord, and hallelujah. I don't stay behind the pulpit anyway, so it really doesn't bother me. Uh, so, praise God. It is temporary. Praise God. Well, I like it. I like it. So, we'll be looking at Luke chapter 12 this morning. Luke chapter 12, and uh, if you wouldn't mind standing one more time we'll read the word of the Lord Luke chapter 12 just a short reading this morning we'll look at Luke chapter 12 and verse number 54 Luke 12 and 54 and as you're turning again we honor your wonderful pastor pastor's wife brother and sister Boone for all they do in the kingdom of God leading this great host of people packed house this morning a good crowd and uh, that speaks volumes of their strong leadership, their love for the kingdom. Luke chapter 12 and verse 54, if you have that, say amen. Luke 12 
and uh, verse 54. And he said also to the people, When you see a cloud rise out of the west, straightway you say, There cometh a shower, and it's so. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, There will be heat, and it cometh to pass. Verse 56, You hypocrites, you discern the face of the sky and the earth, but how is it you, that you do not discern this time? I want to add to the text this morning and read the Matthew version in Matthew 16 while you're standing. Matthew 16, if you'll turn back to Matthew 16, verses 2 and 3. The same portion of Scripture in the parallel version of Matthew 16, chapter 16, verses 2 and 3. And he answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning... It will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O oh, hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you discern the signs of the times? Father, bless your people. What a great host. Allow me the strength and the grace and the mercy to deliver what you put on my heart today for your people. We'll give you the praise and thanks. We curse all doubt and unbelief, and we speak blessing, and we release the faith and blessing of God to deliver, to save. God, we know that you will fill people with the Holy Ghost today. We expect it, and we know that it will come to pass according to the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Be seated. Thank you for standing to honor the word of the Lord. Praise God. I want to preach to you this morning from the subject, the simplicity of the gospel. The simplicity of the gospel. Praise God. Um, reminded of a funny thing I heard some time back. And it was about <clears throat> a young man who graduated high school. Just a country boy, but he was intellectual and uh, he excelled. And so he got into um, a prestigious college. And his first day on the campus coming from the hills of Arkansas was an eye-opener, to say the least. But he came into that great lecture hall in the first class, and the professor walked in, and he had on a, um, a very nice-looking suit. He had starched shirt, cufflinks, and shined shoes, and those wire-rimmed glasses with extremely thick Lenses, and he was an intellectual sort, to say the least. And he tapped on the desk with a stick and said, Attention, all students. I have a question for you before we begin. Some of you think you're smart, but I'm asking you, if, if Washington was the first president, if Albany's the capital of New York, and if the United States has a House of Representatives and a Senate, and if Britain has a parliament and a prime minister, and if E equals MC squared, he said, how old does that make me? And everyone looked around in confusion, and they said, we have no idea. This is going to be a harder class than we expected. He said, well, you're not too smart, and he continued with the lesson. 
The next day he came in and tapped on the desk and said, I have a question, and it was the same question, and finally said, if all these things are true, if the United States has a House of Representatives, Senate, Britain has a Parliament, and a Prime Minister, and if E equals MC squared, he said, how old am I? Thinking that no one would challenge him again, the little boy waved his hand from the back. He said, stand up, young man. You have the answer? You think you're smart? He said, I sure do. He said, I know exactly how old you are. He said, well, how old am I? He said, well, you're 42. And the professor was stunned, and he said, that's right. How did you know how old I was? He said, well, it's so easy. He said, back home in the hills of Arkansas, he said, I've got one sister, and she is so crazy. She's 21 years old, and you're as twice as crazy as she is. You've got to be 42. He said, you're as twice as crazy as she is. And so this morning, I want to preach about the simplicity of the gospel. Sometimes... We work too hard to figure out the problem. The process is not what you think it is sometimes. The professor tried to make it a complicated equation, but that little young man from Arkansas just figured it out all on his own. Some things are more obvious than we make them out to be. So I'm preaching about the simplicity of the gospel this morning. You know what? I've been around Christians a long time, and we love to complicate things. We love to haggle over them. We love to argue about it. We love to debate. There's something about debate. I think it's born in us. I wasn't ever in the debate club, but some of you graduated with high honors in the debate club. And you're still debating. And that's the reason you like being married so much. You get to keep <laughs> debating all your life. I learned a long time ago, I, 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 I can't even compete with my wife. Just for the record, and since it was her birthday, when she graduated, she was a valedictorian. And then when she graduated with, in college, she was number one in her class. Then when she graduated with her master's degree, she was number one in her class, in a large college. And so you can see what I deal with, Pastor. I, I just gave up on the debate a long time ago. But I will say this, it does make you smarter to debate with someone that's really intellectual. Praise God. The simplicity of the gospel. Now Luke chapter 12, I read to you, the Bible says, uh, you see the clouds coming from the west, you know it's going to rain. You see the wind blow and you know it will be warm tomorrow. Now these people, even in this primitive time, had a way of predicting the weather. Isn't that amazing? And uh, we know that the Mediterranean Sea was to the west of Judea. The clouds and the showers usually came from that region. And when the south wind came from the desert of Arabia, they knew that it was going to be dry and warm weather. I look at my weather app many times, and I can tell if it's raining in Lufkin, Texas, that means in a few hours it's going to be raining in Lake Charles, Louisiana because it seems like the weather patterns always come 
from the same direction. And without the modern technology, they had a way of telling the weather, and they were fairly accurate. And Jesus comes along and says, you folks are so smart that you can predict the weather, but you can't tell the signs of the times. Now, I want to tell you, we've traveled through the ages a good bit since this scripture was written, and uh, people have become, have developed technology to the place that uh, really weather prediction is pretty fascinating. And um, a modern five-day forecast now uh, is approximately what a one-day forecast was in the 80s. We can predict five days out just as accurately as they could one day back then. And so technology has come a long way, and we can now accurately forecast the weather up to nine and ten days out. You can look at the weather uh, when you go on vacation and know what to pack in your suitcase, if it's going to rain or if it's going to be cold. And so uh, we now can predict storms and, <clears throat> and the surges in the ocean and the droughts and we understand the tendencies of the Gulf Stream and complicated weather patterns. Each of us probably has an app on our phone. I have at least two that tells me the weather. And in the construction business, that's a very valuable resource to know if it's going to rain tomorrow or not. We now have satellites that orbit the Earth and a series of satellite that orbit about 22,000 miles above the Earth. And uh, they orbit the same speed as the Earth. And so there are particular satellites that are fixed on one spot on the Earth. And every moment they are recording the same spot. And so uh, we can tell what's going on in that place. And then there's another set of satellites that are further out. And they twice a day circle the Earth for the broader perspective. And so these satellites give us a bird's eye view and finally it's sent to our cell phone our laptop computer and I want to tell you just if Jesus back then was saying to the people how great they were at predicting the weather he said you see the skies red and lowering you know what's going to happen but you're you're struggling to see the signs of the time and I'm I'm looking at people today that uh, every single uh, day and uh, spare a moment, you're checking that app for some statistic. And it's not just the weather. We're good at predicting all sorts of things. We've got people that sit by and uh, work on predicting what the stock market is going to do. We've got people that look at sports uh, stats, and they estimate what teams are going to win. But I want to tell you, the Bible says uh, uh, you can do all these wonderful things. Technology is a blessing, but... God forbid that we get to the place that we can see these complicated things, but we struggle with the simple things. And so the same people that are able to tell the weather in 10 days struggle to see, how can I be born again? How can I be saved? And these are the things that Jesus was trying to put in parables and simplify so that everybody that really wanted to know about it could see it plainly. And that's why he taught in those parables. But, oh, we love to twist it. We love, and the New Testament said there are people that wrestle and twist the Scriptures to their own destruction. Praise God. I read where the parables were given. Jesus said, I, I'm telling you in parables so that people that have a right heart, they can spot it 
instantly. They'll know the truth. He said, but in the same token, those that are corrupt and those that don't really want to be right with God, they will never see it. He said, there's something fascinating about these stories I'm telling you. The intellectual people will look right over this and they'll never see it. But those with a sincere heart can say, I see it. I see it. I know that I need to be baptized. I know that I need to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's so simple. Yet people around me for years have been trying to complicate it to my destruction. Praise God. I like what Jeremiah 29 and 13 said. And you will seek the Lord. And when you shall search for me with all of your heart, you will find me. Jeremiah 29 and 13 gave us the formula. He said, if you want to find me, seek after me with all your heart. And you will find me. I thought about myself just as a young boy. I remember having a hunger for God. And it, it took some time. My family was not in the church. My family was not even religious. But I remember feeling a hunger for God and uh, beginning to connect with a few of my friends. And finally, uh, some, some nice uh, uh, parents of one of my friends began to pick me up. And they, they, they began to take me to the First Baptist Church. And I was so happy and thankful to be a part. And even just a shy, timid young man they put me in the youth choir you know and they stuck me up there and I began to feel the presence of the Lord and I began to start my journey and it wasn't long that uh, the hunger for God it just kept you know I didn't get stuck but I just got a hunger that kept me moving and it wasn't long in my teen years I began to know and experience and understand family members and somebody finally took me to the Pentecostal church and I heard about the Holy Ghost and I began to long for that and hunger for that and oh thank God that he took just a simple minded young man and he led me through some corridors but finally to truth I was baptized in the name of the Lord I don't despise any steps on my journey but I count them as all as taking me to the full truth and I'm thankful this morning I'm thankful this morning for everybody in my life as a matter of fact this week I saw the lady that took me to Sunday school in a restaurant and I hugged her neck and I thanked her again for helping me because I want to tell you everybody's important to your walk with God and this morning, I'm preaching about the simplicity of the gospel. God will bring you to it if you've got a heart that desires Him. Jeremiah said, if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. Praise God. And so we're thankful. We're smart, but sometimes we're too smart. Sometimes we're too smart. You know about the stock market. You know about the weather. But I'm wondering today, do you know where we are in the pattern of historical events that are leading us to the coming of the Lord? He said, you see the sky, you know if it'll rain, but you're not sure if we're close to the coming of the Lord. I want to tell you, I feel the Lord. Approaching. I feel the coming of the Lord. I, I'm concerned about Iran and the Middle East and the prophetic utterances of what will happen in the end times. I, somebody said, well, does it scare you? I said, it scares me a whole lot less to know that I got the Holy Ghost and I've been baptized in Jesus' name. 
God's not given us a spirit of fear, but he does make us concerned, and He concern is good, and uh, uh, just uh, understanding that uh, the urgency of the hour is all right. And so I want to be right with the Lord, preaching about the simplicity of the gospel this morning. Hasn't been all that long ago that I heard Brother Wayne Huntley in my home church preaching. And he said it like this. I thought it was so profound. He said, many people don't read the Bible. And most of them acknowledge the reason they don't read the Bible is because they can't understand it. He said, I've been serving the Lord a long time and I figured out something. He said, most people don't read the Bible, not because they don't understand it, but most people don't read it because they're afraid they might understand it. There's a whole lot in the Bible you can't understand plainly and clearly. He said most people don't want to see the truth. Most people don't want to see come out uh, from sin and live for the Lord. Uh, he said most people don't read the Bible not because it's overly complicated, but because it's straightforward and they do understand it. Uh, and I want to tell you this morning, I'm preaching exactly that, the simplicity of the gospel. Uh, God is showing you the way. Uh, someone here this morning, you're here because you're hungering for God. Uh, but in your mind, you're struggling with all of these complicated equations. Uh, and you're thinking about it backward and forward who's right and who's wrong I want to tell you you can see it plainly if you'll open your heart this morning it's not difficult the Bible said in Acts 2.38 repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are hey friend they're in the Sunday school class right now in the first and second grade learning that plainly and some of us are sitting in the sanctuary uh, in our fifth and sixth generation wondering what we need to do. Uh, come on now. Uh, if a first grader, uh, if a kindergartner can understand it, uh, I feel like you uh, can understand uh, what the Bible is saying. I'm preaching about the simplicity of the gospel. Uh, come on, don't wrestle with it. Uh, and don't twist it to the point uh, that you'll be lost for eternity. Acts chapter 10, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all that heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter. But on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with other tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should be baptized that have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I want to tell you, Acts chapter 10 said it as plain as you can get it. Everybody needs the Holy Ghost. And you'll know they got the Holy Ghost when they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Acts 10 and 44. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 19, the same thing happened to the disciples of John. And while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, he came to Ephesus and find certain disciples. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said unto him, We have not heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. He said unto them, How were you baptized? And they said unto him, Under John's baptism. He said, John verily baptized unto repentance. Oh, hallelujah. I'm thankful for the simplicity of the gospel. He said, Have you received the Holy Ghost? 
Ghost uh, since you believed. Uh, I want to tell you, uh, there's a lot of folks out there telling you, uh, all you need to do is believe. Uh, and believing is commendable. Uh, and it's the first step. Uh, but I want to tell you, uh, he said to those disciples, uh, have you received the Holy Ghost uh, since you believed? Uh, you started off doing good. Uh, but go on to receive the fullness of the promise. Uh, you need the Holy Ghost. Uh, hallelujah. simplicity of the gospel. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. But this spake he of the Spirit. He's trying to tell us in John chapter 8. The Holy Ghost is for you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. You know what? The Holy Ghost is for everybody. I preached two weeks ago. I preached two weeks ago at a church. The pastor said, I'm so sad. There's a very educated man that's in my church, and he just passed away this week. He was either a college professor or a doctor. I can't remember, but he sat at the table for dinner, and he said, I'm so sad. I'm, I'm preaching his funeral and it's at a large, large denominal church in town. And I'm, I'm the main speaker because he came to this church for 20 years. He loved the church. He's an educated man. Many college, he sat on the back row. He came and he worshiped with us. And many times I would go back to him and say, Sir, uh, you need to be baptized. and You need to be filled with the Spirit. And he'd say, Well, I appreciate that. I I plan to do that one of these days. And he said, I'm so sad this week because 20 years he sat on our back row. He loved our church. He called me his pastor, but he never could see. He was looking over the simple at all the complicated things. I want to tell you this morning, I'm preaching about the simplicity of the gospel. Don't stumble over a pebble. Come on now. The Bible said don't strain at a net. I want to tell you this morning, don't become so intellectual and so smart and so technologically advanced that you miss the very thing that's right in front of your face. Salvation is at the door. Oh, praise God. We're preaching about the simplicity of the gospel. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? We know that in Daniel, the Bible said one of the signs of the end time would be the increase of knowledge. I've talked about it here before, but I read something this week in uh, Daniel Levitin's book, The Organized Mind, and he summarized by saying, Thinking straight in an age of information overload. And he mentions in his book, Within the Industrial Revolution and the Rise of Science, new discoveries have grown enormously. For example, in the 1550s, there were only 500 known species of plants in the world. And by the year 1623, this number had increased to 6,000. Today, we know of at least 9,000 species of grass alone, 27,000 types of palm trees, and over 500,000 different species of plants, and the number keeps growing incrementally. The increase of scientific information alone is staggering. 
Just 300 years ago, someone with a college degree in science knew about as much as any expert of that day in their field. But today, someone with a Ph.D. in biology cannot even begin to comprehend the nervous system of a squid. He's just trying to tell us how much information this world is throwing at us. The, the amount of scientific information that we have discovered in the last 20 years is more than all the discoveries up to that point from the beginning of time. In the last 20 years, we have discovered so many things. And he begins to talk about the information that is being poured into our society. And he said in one month alone, the month of January of that year, he said there would be something like five exabytes of of data that would be uploaded onto the internet. Uh, he said that was more than 50 times the number of the words in the entire Library of Congress. Uh, in one month, uh, the internet is being uh, bombarded with so much information. Uh, one report said that information would only double every 100 years up to the year 1900. Uh, but now, uh, the information uploaded onto the internet from so many devices and laptops and cell phones and computers uh, the information alone that is not wisdom but information alone that is uploaded uh, doubles every 12 months on the internet. I want to tell you we can see when it's going to rain. We know if it's going to snow. But we're still wondering are we getting close to the coming of the Lord. Friend I want to tell you we live in an information overload generation. And the theme of this generation has been overload of information. I want to tell you that's showing me that we are closer now than we've ever been before. I want to tell you technology will take us us to a place that's very frightening very soon. I want to tell you, we're not getting into a more peaceful world, but we're coming into an environment that's more unstable than it's ever been before. If you're going to live for God, go ahead and do it now. I want to tell you, we're not living in the days of primitive guns loaded with gunpowder and lead bullets. Friend, we're living in a nuclear age when there's no time to prepare for these catastrophes. I want to tell you, volcanoes erupting all over the world, tsunamis taking out entire cultures. I want to tell you, you can see if it's going to rain tomorrow, but you're not sure if we're living in the end time. Friend, wake up. I'm preaching about the simplicity of the gospel. See the important things. Understand where you're at. I'm preaching this morning. Don't overcomplicate it. Scientists will say, you're a preacher. You don't know what he's talking about. You wait and see who's right and who's wrong. I might be the little young man from the hills of Arkansas, brother, but you want to... Hide and watch. I've got it figured out just as much as any intellectual because I'm studying the scripture. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost and the Lord's leading me. I want to tell you, you don't have to have these complicated equations. You haven't been to seminary? So what? The Bible said even the very simplistic people can find salvation. It does not matter your IQ level. It does not matter your education level. Your family history and your legacy is not important. But if you seek after God with your whole heart, 
heart. That's what the Bible said. That's what the Bible said. Obey the Bible. Obey the scriptures. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come on in, lift your hand and say, Lord, help me to receive the simplicity of the gospel this morning. God, help me to hear what the word of the Lord is saying right now. He said, you don't need me to tell you of the times and the seasons, for you know that the day of the Lord is approaching as a thief in the night. He said in Matthew 24 and 27, as the lightning comes from the east to the west, so is the coming of the Son of Man. The simple truth is, it comes without warning as the lightning shines. And again, I remind you, the Bible says, as the lightning shines from the east to the west. I told this church sometime back when the Lord gave it to me that I felt like I was mentioning the coming of the Lord too often in my ministry. And the Lord spoke to me in prayer about this scripture. He said, as many times as the lightning strikes, you ought to warn the people of God. Some afternoons, dozens and hundreds of times, the lightning strikes. He said, you don't worry about overemphasizing my coming because when I come, everybody will wish that you had proclaimed it from the rooftops. Everyone would wish that you had shouted it from the mountain. They'll wish that you had been on every media outlet known to man. Don't you worry about overdoing it. He said, you have not even scratched the surface of the importance of telling people about the coming of the Lord. As the, as the lightning shines from the east to the west, so is the coming of the Son of God. I want to tell you, it comes without warning. You're not going to have time to get right and develop a prayer life. You're not going to have time to find the water and get baptized in a moment as a thief cometh in the night without warning and the midnight cry is made. I want to tell you we've got to be ready. I'm preaching the simplicity of the gospel. You know what it takes. Don't let your family convince you otherwise. You know how to repent to God. Don't let your college professor try to overcomplicate it. But you just come to God with a sincere heart on your knees with tears in your eyes and brother you're going to find it sister you're going to find it man you're going to do it come on now and receive what's plainly before your eyes oh, hallelujah. come on stand with me all over the room right now I'm going to pray over you I want you to close your eyes lift your hands right now father Forgive me, God, for overcomplicating it. God, forgive me for trying to twist the scriptures, God. Forgive me for hearing people, God, that really don't have my best interest at heart. God, I right now focus on your word, and I hear the message that you delivered to this church. Come on now, somebody, and pray with me right now. Come on now, somebody, receive in faith. Obey the scriptures right now. Call on God. Come on, this may be old-fashioned, but it's still right, and it still works, and it's still saved. Come on now. This is that old-time religion, but I believe it's what's keeping me going. I believe it's what's keeping my... Come on and pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, there's an intercessor. There's a mother and a dad beginning to pray for their family right now. Come on and stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, right now. Oh, God, right now. 
Come on right now. I want you to feel led of the Holy Ghost to go lay, go lay your hand on somebody's shoulder and begin to pray right now. Take your family by the arm and pray for them right where they are. Come on. We're dealing with a little bit different setup this morning. Maybe you ought to pray right where you're at. Lift up your hands. Come on, the altar workers, be led of the Holy Ghost. Go and pray for somebody right now. Come on now. Don't overcomplicate it. Be led of the Lord right now. Walk through the aisles and lay your hand on somebody. Step across the aisle right now and pray in the Holy Ghost. I must be saved. Oh, that's it. Come on and pray one for another. Everybody praying for somebody. Everybody praying for somebody right now. Everybody praying for somebody right now. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God, we pray. Come on, if you're praying for somebody right now, whoever they are, if you know them or not, take them by the hand and say, come on, let's go right now to the center of the room. I believe God's going to do a work in the center of this house. Take somebody by the hand and say, come and pray with me right now. Sister, my brother, I'm preaching the simplicity of the gospel. Take somebody by the hand, a guest, and say, you know what? Come on to the altar right now. We're going to pray until the Holy Ghost falls. We're going to worship God until the glory comes down. Come on now, invite somebody. Come on, maybe two or three. Come on and bring them to the altar right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. With a loud voice calling on God. And I'm longing to see. Come on, I need about 30 more people to join us right here in the middle of the room. And say, God, we're going to call on you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh. 